Hey, we had a really amazing week this week with our staff and elders at a, a retreat that we did on Monday and Tuesday. So good. It was so, so good. And we, we just spent some time um, engaging with each other, talking, doing some activities around our 10 convergence values. And this is something we really want to emphasize. Many of you, especially if you're new to the church, you may not even know, we have 10 values that we have highlighted as, as core values of, um, of ours here at Convergence. And um, what, one, one of the ones that was really amazing to me is, is we talked about um, authenticity. And we talked about, and that's not what I'm going to talk about today, but it's what I want to talk about right now. Um, I just thought it was a really cool, uh, cool time to connect with each other. Instead of talking about being authentic with each other about our needs and our hurts and our pains and our struggles, we talked about our dreams, which was so cool. And you don't often think about that with authenticity, but really, like, that's kind of hard to share sometimes, isn't it? Because it just, you kind of put yourself out there of like, this is what I'm dreaming for. And it's like, oh, what if I put myself out there and then, you know, it doesn't happen or whatever, right? So it was really cool. It was a fun time. Shared about our dreams and, um, and a lot of other really fun experiences just related to all of these, just to really get them in us. Um, Andrew has shared in the staff meeting a couple times, and I think he shared it once here um, as in, on a Sunday morning about <clears throat> values are not just about this idea, we just have this idea of the presence of the Lord or this idea of, of communication, but we actually prioritize these things and, and we go from prioritizing them actually into putting them into practice. And so, so hopefully many of us on staff and, and the elders that, that got to participate in this, we moved maybe from an idea to, to prioritizing it a little bit more or maybe moving from priority into into putting some things into practice. And so this, we want to talk about this more. The one that I really want to talk about this morning is the area of health, and specifically on rest. That's why I brought this up here, um, so I could rest a little bit. Um, I, actually, I actually do want to, to model rest as, as we're talking about this, and Brandon gave me a word right before. Um, I, you knew that I was teaching on, on Sabbath rest, right? But he gave me a word about just seeing me in a hammock. I couldn't figure out how to hang a hammock here, so I thought, you know, the stool's the next best thing. So, um, um, I, I, uh, health, health is more than, just, um, more than just being fit. Oh, I wanted to share one other thing. What, one, of my, one of my big goals uh, and that I shared with, with the staff, and I, I was authentic with them, I'll be authentic with you. Um, I, have, I have a health goal, actually, to, I want to see my kids, I want to live long enough to see my kids receive all that I want to impart to them, all that I'm meant to impart to them in their lifetime, and I need to be healthy enough to do that, to live long enough to do that. I want to be, I want to be so healthy that I get to play with each one of my grandkids. I don't have any grandkids yet. No announcements either. Sorry. <laughs> really, I'm Sorry. Now, um, I want to be able to play with each one of them, from the oldest to the youngest. I want to be able to bless and lay hands on each one of my great-grandchildren. That's my goal. And to do that, I need to be in great health, don't I? Yeah. 
You can say it. It's part of accountability. <laughs> and and, and I, I feel like I need to lose 50 pounds in the next 12 months. That's, that's one of my goals. So just putting that out there. Again, accountability. It's one of those, one of those 10 convergence goals. Um, but part of, our, part of our health goal is we cultivate health by prioritizing his presence, caring for our hearts, our bodies, our families, and our relationships. So we're not just talking about, hey, let's, let's take good care of our bodies. That is a, there's a big part of health. Um, but we have a wider view of health than just that. And the specific act, aspect of health that I want us to talk about today, which impacts all of these things, is Sabbath rest. Specifically, I want to talk about Sabbath rest. Not just rest, not just relaxation, not just meditation, not, not just all of those things, but really Sabbath rest. And um, it's a big deal, guys. <laughs> um, I, I was, as I was worshiping here, down here this morning, it just really hit me. Um, how big it was. I had several people come and pray, pray for me and say some things to me, and it was really impactful. Um, but I was just reminded of all that the Lord has done for me in bringing rest into my life. And I'm so, so thankful because I've gone through some really, really stressful, stressful times where there wasn't rest, where where. I, I was living a life of strife. I can remember even as a child, um, I can remember one particular night, and this is just an example of many, many nights, where I stayed up until like 2 o'clock. I, I don't know that I ever actually went to sleep, and I was imagining what would happen if our house caught on fire. And that's not living a life of rest. <laughs> it's not living a life of Sabbath rest that he's he's meant for us to have. I can remember so many times um, just living in a place of strife and dealing with my, my kids and just doing everything that I could to try and make them behave the way that I felt like they were supposed to behave. And, and I'm at a place, and, and you can say, well, yeah, it's because your youngest is 16 and they're all great kids, and that's all true. Um, but I want to say to you guys, with, with little babies, <laughs> um, with little children, the Lord has rest for you in this season of your life. He has rest for you. And it's, it's not a time that has to be a time of strife and a time of, of taking on some yoke that God doesn't have for you to take on. His, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Um. And so I just want to encourage you to, to tune in. I believe that the Lord has breakthrough for us this morning. As a community, as families, in your own personal life, the Lord has breakthrough for you. And I, I'm going to teach what I felt like the Lord told me to teach. It, I, the Lord's given me some other things, but it feels very teachery to me. <laughs> and and I, I, I love the pastoral side of things and the heart side of things, and I, Lord, I think the Lord is going to bring that out. But I just want to be obedient to the, what, what I feel like the Lord is asking me to bring this morning. Um, I, I believe he's asking me to bring 
really a, a, a foundation and a, and a platform for us to build on in this season. I believe he, he wants us to understand and dive into a new place of Sabbath rest that we, none of us have ever experienced before. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done for me, and I really am in a place where I am experiencing his rest, and I'm pursuing his rest like I never have before. Um, do I have one day a week that I don't work? Most of the time. <laughs> Much of the time. Um, am I doing it perfectly? No, and that's, that's not what we're about. It's not about doing Sabbath the right way. It's about encountering, like what, what Wesley said, um, he has fullness for us. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning is, what is the fullness that God has for us in this place of rest? How are we going to encounter him um, in this place? Um, let me pray. Lord, I, I ask right now that you would just open the eyes of our heart, Lord, to see Lord, where do you want us to encounter rest? How do you want us to pursue your rest in our personal lives, God? Just individually, Lord, in, in our attitudes, and our thoughts, in, in our practices of Sabbath rest, Lord, how do you want to encounter us as families? How do you want to encounter us, Lord, as a community here at Convergence to, to enter in and to and to um, set as a priority this thing of rest? How do you want us to impact our culture? How do you want us to impact our society, Lord, and, and do something that is really very countercultural in resting? Lord, help us to see. Give us eyes to see, Jesus. Um, what is Sabbath? Sabbath is the seventh day of the week that is a holy day set apart by God as a day of rest. That's what the Bible talks about. It's simply um, a day of the week that the Lord set as a day of rest. And, uh, and we'll look at that in just a second as we, as we dive into some scriptures. Um, and and why, did he, why did he do this? You'll have to ask him. I don't know. Um, no, I, so, I know some things, I, I, and I know most of us probably recognize it as it's, it's a time of rest, it's a time to be refreshed, it's a time to delight in the Lord, it's a time of worship, um, but it's also a, a time of reflection, and it's a time of relationship, relating to each other, relating to the Lord, and, and I, I found this quote by a, a rabbi named Norman Lamb, and he says, this institution of Sabbath was never understood by Judaism as solely a matter of rest and refreshment. It pointed primarily to the relationship between man and world and God. The six work days were given to man in which to carry out the commission to subdue the world, to impose on nature his creative talents. So just like God created the world in six days, we, we get six days to bring our creative talents to, to do what he asked us to do, to subdue the earth. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. Man must cease from his creative interference in the natural order and by this act of renunciation or, or pulling back, demonstrate his awareness that the earth is the Lord's 
and that man therefore bears a moral responsibility to give an accounting to its owner, to God, how he has disposed of it during the days that he subdued it. Isn't that cool? I just love that. It's very poetic too, and it's, that's fun to read. Um, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a perspective that's outside of what I think of when I think of Sabbath as just, okay, it's a day I need to relax and not work, right? No, it's a time of reflection and recognizing, hey, God is the owner of this earth, and he's, given, he's commissioned me to, to subdue the earth, to, to bring my creative talents. Lord, how, how have I been doing with that? Let me, let me pull back and, and reflect on that. Um, but I would say that Sabbath rest is, is pretty, pretty countercultural, wouldn't you? It's very countercultural. In fact, I think it's a little bit, a little bit counterhuman. <laughs> um, it's not something we naturally fall into, and, and certainly not in our society, not in our American culture. I, I was talking to, to Wanda this week, and she was telling me that actually Europe still practices the Sabbath quite a bit more than America. Um, it's, they wouldn't necessarily call it Sabbath. Um, um, it's very post-Christian in a lot of ways. Um, but I believe that they have experienced through centuries, they've experienced the value of Sabbath rest. And it's like, oh, we just keep doing this. Even though um, there's, there's somewhat of a rejection of the Lord in, in some of that, they're experiencing the value of, of Sabbath rest. But for us, us Americans, Americans, we, we have a little bit of an anti-Sabbath culture. And um, I think there's several things that, that, um, that make it difficult for us to just naturally step into Sabbath. Be great if we could just naturally step into the Sabbath, um, like, like the Jewish culture would be because it's built into their culture, right? There's not a, a pushing against for them to step into it. But for us, we, we really have this mentality that busy equals success, don't we? Um, I've had one of my busiest weeks this week. <laughs> I think this is one of the most ironic sermons I've ever, ever preached in my life. Um, but even as, I, as, even as I talked about that with different friends and stuff this week, I'll just be perfectly transparent and authentic again there is still this part of me that wears that like a badge. I wear my busyness badge. Man, I'm busy. And I am. I'm probably one of the busiest people that I know. But that shouldn't be this badge, you know, that I wear. Hey, I'm busy. That means I'm productive. That means I'm, I'm working hard, you know? Like, when was the last time that you, that you said, I can't say it to Gary because I, I don't know, you're not the most restful person I know. Let's, we're, we're, we're in this together. I don't, I don't know who that would be. But man, you are a re- If I could say that. I'll, I'll speak prophetically. Uh, there you go. I like that. Man, you are one of the most restful, peaceful people that I know. You, you understand the rhythms of God. And you step into the rhythms of God in such a beautiful way. I don't see you working hard every single day. Like, many of us would take that as a, as, as a criticism, wouldn't we? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's like, hey, you don't work very hard. Good job. <laughs> and we laugh at that, right? We laugh at that because it is so countercultural. But would God laugh at that? Would God? I'm not, sorry, I'm not, it wasn't like shame, like, oh, you laughed. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's like, 
Does God, does, is God up there looking very differently at our busyness than we are? I kind of think he is. Um, I think so. Um, so we have this whole mentality that we've got to overcome, right? Because, because we've, we've got to push past our own mental understanding and everybody else's mental attitude towards busyness. So that's, that's a huge thing right there. But then we have some things built into our society. 24-7 access to me. You've got it. 24-7 access to me through this thing. You can text me. You can, you can telephone me. You can email me. Unless I set up some boundaries, everybody's got 24-7 access to me. We didn't used to have that, right? We didn't used to have this. I, used to, I remember using pay phones. For everybody that was like right here a couple, last week, two weeks ago, you guys know what a payphone is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Steve, you were over here. You were right in this section. You know what payphones are. You used a calling card. I was even in an MLM that had calling card, sold calling, calling cards. You know, I, I mean, I understand what it's like to not have access. And let's be honest, we love, we love the access, don't we? We love being able to contact people whenever, whatever time of the day. It's convenient, super convenient to be able to access other people and for, for other people to access us. But it requires extreme intentionality when people have 24-7 access to you to walk in what, what God has called us to, to walk in in terms of Sabbath rest. We have 24-7 access to shopping and industry. We have 20, it, it's going on 24-7. There's always something being produced and there's always something being sold round the clock. Right now, probably some of you are buying something on Amazon. <laughs> raise your hands. No, I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hands. Oh, yep, I saw the hand. Um, it happens 24-7. And so, so what does this mean in practicality? It means that I can be sitting on my, on my Sabbath day and thinking, oh, Shoot, I forgot to order that thing for church tomorrow. I'll just, I'll just, really quick, really quick. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to order it really quick. Now, is that evil? You know, did I just do something evil? No, but I, <laughs> someone said yes. Um, <laughs> that's good. Thank you for listening. Um, no, but it, it does take us out of a place of rest, doesn't it? Oh, man, I forgot to send that email. Oh, man, I forgot to blah, blah, blah. Because we have access, we are exposed to being, being pulled out of the place of rest that God wants for us and desires for us. And so um, the other thing that, did I just go backwards? I sure did. Um, entertainment, right? I can remember not having 24-7 access to entertainment. All of you guys over here, you guys remember that too? Do you guys, you guys remember this? Okay, so for those who are sitting over here, I know some of you, this right here would come on about midnight, sometimes 10 or 11, depending on what, what time in history we're talking about, because, yep, beep, that's all you'd hear until the next morning. Programming is over, programming is done for the night, we're not, we don't have any more entertainment for you to watch for, yeah, isn't that crazy? 
for, for another eight hours, you're just going to have to watch this and listen to beep if you want to be entertained. Not super, not super entertaining. I've tried it. I, you know, you're desperate as a, as a middle, middle school kid, you know, and you got nothing else to do. So, um, but now we can watch whatever we want to, whenever we want to, and we don't ever have to stop. Like, we could literally watch stuff for the rest of our lives. It's true. It's true. And we talk a lot, especially like in, you know, with families and parents, we, we talk a lot about the content and protecting our kids from, from the content. But honestly, I wonder if the bigger issue is the volume and the 24-7 access to it. I feel like that's a bigger issue. Obviously, what we watch is, is important, and we have to protect our kids from, from that, but we need to protect ourselves, right? Because we have 24-7 access to whatever entertainment we want. And again, it's not, it's not always bad to, to have a little bit of entertainment, but, but it is addictive, and, and it does draw us in. And because it never stops, it's, 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 a, it's a bad deal. You know, entertainment, and correct me if I'm wrong, Misty, oh scholar, but I believe entertainment is, means to captivate, to hold one captive. Have you ever felt captive? When Netflix starts going beep, beep, you got seven seconds to decide if you're going to watch another one or not, right? Or Hulu or whatever. You got seven seconds to decide, oh, I think I'll just stay here in my little cage and keep watching. Eee. Stepping on my toes as much as anybody else in the room, just so you know. This is probably my, my greatest addiction, not this in particular, not this, <laughs> this one in particular. I don't sit around and watch this, but um, it is, it is my, my greatest addiction, again, being authentic. So it's a big deal, guys. Um, oops, back up. There we go. 24-7 dining, right? We've got access to food. I, it remind, this, I, was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about what Wesley said a couple weeks ago where it's not just that we can each have our own individual food, you know, but we can have it whenever we want. We've got access to, to, to food and shopping and dining and all this stuff. And we're a little bit offended, right, when it's not open. How many of, how many of you post covid when walmart stopped being open 24 7 all the time we're like dang it why are they closed well because people need to sleep that's why they're closed right we 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 need to not be quite so offended and and here is here's probably one of our biggest offenses guys let's just be honest i've got something to say i never wanted something so bad in my lifetime but i can't have it because it's sunday and i'm with you chick-fil-a it all started I was driving down the street Saw a cow with the sign Told me what I should eat More chicken Yo, then I started tripping Love at first taste When I look at your face My whole world stands still So does time and space Six whole days at my favorite place Yeah, I'm lovesick today Three little syllables Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A Feel so far away Chick-fil-A Y'all are going to be singing that all day long. 
And, and every one of you, I've just caused you to stumble, probably, because you're like, man, it is Sunday. Oh, now I want Chick-fil-A. I, I kind of feel like we as the church have probably cursed Chick-fil-A more than the heathens have because we couldn't have it on Sunday. And let's all, if we get nothing else out of today, let's all just agree together. We are going to stop cursing Chick-fil-A for, for not being open on Sunday. And we are going to support and bless the stand that they are making because it's huge, right? They are the third largest chain, fast food chain in America. They are more profitable in the six days that they're open than, than, than a, the franchise uh, McDonald's down the street. Isn't that amazing? Like per, per store, they're more profitable than I think any other fast food chain that there is. It's amazing what they do. And beca it's because they have followed one of God's principles, which is Sabbath. They follow a lot of the others too. Um, and I'm so, I'm so proud of them for that. Um, and of course, there's other, there's other small businesses that do that. Um, Hobby Lobby is another one that, that closes on Sunday. Um, I think this is interesting just because I have an online store. B&H Photo, they're, they're a Jewish company, and they close, from their, they close their online store. You can't order stuff from them from Friday night till Saturday night, which I think is amazing. And it's a, it, you know, of course, it's not impacting them. Like, they could just come in on Sunday morning and fulfill all those orders. But they've chosen to make a stand and say, we're not, we're not buying and selling, and, and they probably understand the principles of, of what the Lord established probably a little better than we do because we've not dug in as, as much maybe as they have. Um, but super cool, super cool that, that they do that. And I'm actually a little challenged by that in my own store. Like, Lord, are you really asking me to do that? It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a little uncomfortable, some of the things that the Lord asks us to do, right? And he likes us to do hard things, right, Tim? <laughs> one, of, one of Tim and Cindy's favorite things to say, the Lord asks us to do hard things, and it's true. And so there may be some hard things that the Lord asks us to do in terms of pursuing Sabbath rest. But guys, on the other side of it, it's so good. It's so good. It's getting past our limited understanding of, of what success, what productivity and fruitfulness looks like. Uh, we got to get past all that. Um, so as, as we dive into some of the scriptures here, um, I just want to say we're not reverting back to the old covenant. Okay, don't worry. We're going to stay in New Covenant belief um, and New Covenant understanding. It's, this isn't about if I don't follow Sabbath law, then I am not righteous anymore. No, our righteousness is in Christ, right? And our, 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 we, we don't get punished because we didn't do Sabbath right. We're not under shame and guilt because we didn't do Sabbath right, whatever that means. Um, but in this, I want us to understand Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. All of the fullness of what the Lord has said in all the ages is ours in Christ. We get to, we get to experience the fullness 
of Sabbath like no other generation before us. <clears throat> That's amazing. Um, Sabbath rest predates the law. It is a part of the law. Um, it's something that Jesus practiced. He actually practiced Sabbath. It's, it's something that postdates the cross. We see, we see scripture after the cross. So it is relevant to us as New Testament believers. That's my point. It's relevant to us as New Testament believers. Um, here we see second chapter of Genesis. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it, because on it he rested from all of, all of his work, which God had created and made. So this is just the very beginning of God establishing this thing of Sabbath rest for us as a people. Um, and he practiced it himself. Now, what I thought was really interesting, I don't think I'd ever thought about this before. When was man created? On the sixth day. So what was the first full day that man had on the earth? It was rest. And so that kind of blows this whole mentality that we sometimes have of, I've got to work really hard for six days so that I can earn that Sabbath rest. Right? He, Adam with God, flowed from a place of rest rather than to a place of rest. He flowed from that place of rest. And so I think that's instruction for us. Here in Exodus 20 is, is where um, the Lord um, sets this up as, as part of the law. It's actually part of the Ten Commandments. So, so God actually, with his own finger, wrote on stone all of these not just do not murder and do not commit adultery. He actually wrote on stone, keep the Sabbath day holy. I kind of feel like we don't see that as something written in stone. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an optional thing that we look at, right? If we're, if we're 100% honest. Um, but look at, look at all of those other commandments do not worship other gods. Do not make idols. Do not use God's name in an unholy way. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie about your neighbor. Do not covet or yearn for your neighbor's house, wife, or belongings. I don't think any of us as Christians would look upon any one of those except Sabbath as, as kind of an optional thing. As Marcy would say, I'm just saying I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> um, so Ephesians 31.15 says, For six days it is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. Holy unto the Lord. Sounds really good, right? Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. Wow. That seems severe. But it probably, it probably was just God needed an, a tenth commandment, right? <laughs> and so he threw in Sabbath rest as, as, as that optional commandment and, and said, well, you know what, let's, I think let's just go ahead and assign a punishment of death to that one. Now, thankfully, we, again, we are not under the law. We are not under a fear of death. We're not under a fear of punishment. 
We don't operate under that fear, right? Because that's, that's what Christ set us free from. He'll set us free from the fear of death, free from the law of sin and death, okay? And he, he has, he's, he's set us free unto life, unto a fulfillment of Sabbath rest. So that's beautiful. Um, just as we go on through the rest, of, by, by the way, there's like 150 verses about Sabbath in the Bible. So we're going to have to hurry to get through all of those. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I know y'all need to get to Chick-fil-A. Um, oh, Chick-fil-A today. Yeah, sorry. Um, but as you go on through the Old Testament, a big part of, of the very beginning is, is just instruction about how do we do Sabbath? What does all this mean? And, and I would encourage us to, to dig into that. It's really amazing what, what God's put in there. Um, as you go on through the Old Testament, it talks about just, it's just reference in it. Hey, this is one of the days of, of the week. It's one of the practices that we have. And, and they just talk about it. I went on the Sabbath and I worshiped the Lord, you know? Um, and then as we get further into like the major and the minor prophets, um, it was interesting to me to see how much of it is like a, a, a dialogue or, or a, a reference to how well are we doing in following the Lord? Because um, it would say things like, um, Israel has fallen away and is no longer observing the Sabbath. Like it paralleled those two. Or, or there are prophecies of Israel coming back to the Lord and beginning again to, to, to observe, observe the Sabbath. So it's all, saw it as a real parallel. Um, and then let's jump into the New Testament. In the four Gospels, there's, um, there's about 46 verses about the Sabbath. Over half of these are a reference to um, the Pharisees saying, hey, Jesus, you shouldn't heal on the Sabbath, or you shouldn't do this other thing on the Sabbath. And it was kind of the Pharisees rebuking and then Jesus rebuking the, the Pharisees for their understanding of Sabbath. And um, so there's, but, but there's also several other verses about the Sabbath too. So I want, I want us to keep that in mind that there is only about half that are related to that. So we'll get to that in a bit, a little bit. So many of them are about healing on the Sabbath. And then there's also one in Mark 2, 23, where it says it happened that he was passing through the grain fields, talking about Jesus, on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read that David did what David did when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and he ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So, the Pharisees were very legalistic in, in their, their understanding, their viewpoint. Um, and they were just focused on the rules, right? They just, it, it was their only hope, let's be honest. It was their only hope of righteousness from what they understood. They were just trying to, trying to be righteous. And they were, so they followed their rules that they had just made up, <laughs> and they followed the, the, the rules of the law. Um, but in that, they missed Jesus. And they, they even, they missed the heart 
of Sabbath rest and what God had for them in Sabbath rest. So the Pharisees and their terrible view of the Sabbath really gets a lot of attention in the church. If, if people teach from the Old Testament about Sabbath, um, they may teach from Hebrews, um, which Hebrews 3 and 4 has a lot about rest and about the Sabbath. But most of the time, it's in relationship to what the Pharisees, the, the Pharisees' misunderstanding. And I think it's put us in this place of going back to the Ten Commandments talk that we had about this is just optional. Well, Jesus, I think people like misinterpret this whole thing and say, well, look, Jesus said Sabbath is just optional. But is that really what he said? It's not, is it? He, I believe he was bringing clarification to us just like he did with other commandments. So he's, he's saying, look, God has a Sabbath rest for you to, to, to enjoy but you've swung over here and you've made it something that it's not. You've made it all about rules and regulations and, and, and extra rules that aren't, like where is your compassion for this person who's, who's hurting, you know? Where is your love? Let's bring this back to, to God's plumb line of what Sabbath is all about. But he did that with murder too, didn't he? It was, it was swung this way and... And the Pharisees, because the Pharisees were okay with having murder in their hearts, I mean, really, and, and with having lust in their hearts. No, 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 I'm not going to commit, commit adultery, but I'll have, I'll have some lust in my heart. So he swung it back to the middle to God's plumb line. And he said, guys, I have fullness for you in all of these places. I have fullness for you in all of these places if you will just step into the fullness. Um, as we talk about Sabbath, and, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll bring up this stuff, won't we? We'll be like, hey, I mean, Jesus did stuff on the Sabbath, right? He healed on the Sabbath. Has that ever been your argument? I, man, I just really feel like I need to heal this person, but it's a Sabbath. I'm not sure if I should do it. <laughs> not our issue, is it? I'm not, you know, I think I should probably make myself a sandwich, but it's a Sabbath. We don't struggle with that too much, do we? What we struggle with is, golly, I've got so much going on. I'm just going to get a couple things done today. I know the Lord wants me to rest, but I just got to get some stuff done. Jesus never said that, did he? Jesus wasn't like, I have been doing ministry all week long. I have got these carpentry jobs backed up. I have got to get this stuff done. I, I, I talked to Judas this week. He said, you know, the purse is running dry. We got to get some money. I just got to get some stuff done. We got to get some money. Never said that, did he? Never said it. So as we, as we look at Sabbath for our own personal lives, I just want us to be really careful about how we interpret this stuff and how we justify different things and not put that on Jesus. Let's not put any of, any of our ideas about what Sabbath should or shouldn't be on Jesus. Let's, let's actually let him teach us and show us. Um, because Jesus knew how... I want to get that off of there. <laughs> That's not who Jesus is. Um, because Jesus knew how to withdraw, didn't he? He knew how to pull back and find rest. 
He would go into the wilderness. He would go and spend time with his father. He would go to the garden and pray. And pull, he knew how to pull back. He was really, really good at it, actually. He was really, really good at it. And I believe that the Lord has that for us. He has that for parents with young kids. He has that for uh, those of us who are like, whew, time's running out. I got I to gotta, I gotta write that book or I, I got to get that thing done that, that, that's going to make me feel successful and productive in life, right? He's got that for every one of us. He has, he has that place of rest and refreshing. Guys, there's so much more to Sabbath that we can't get into. There's this, there's this whole um, plethora of, uh, of things that the Lord wants to unfold to us about what does it mean to live an unhurried life, to live a lifestyle of just where, where we're not hurried, we're not in a rush, a life of dependence on God rather than our own productivity. And these are things I want us to explore as, as we go on. This is hopefully a, a part one where we'll, we'll be able to explore some more things. Um, we need to dig in and ask the Lord, what, is, what does Sabbath rest look like for, for us as families, for us as households, um, for us? And when I say family, again, like, like what, what Wesley said a couple weeks ago, when we say family, I'm not talking about mom and dad and two kids. I'm talking about those people who you do life with, that you are intimate with. Um, and and I, want us to, I want us to hear in just a second, if we could get some keys. Um, I want us to meditate and ask the Lord to bring some revelation to us about these four areas. What is he saying to you about your own personal walk with him in terms of Sabbath and in terms of rest? What are the things that he wants to do to bring his fullness to you. Um, this could be super practical. It could be s- just way heart stuff that he wants to show to you. Um, I think on a practical level, like I don't know how exactly we do Sabbath as a family sometimes. Because it's like, well, this works really well for me. You know, like Sunday is not a day of rest for me. It works for a lot of the world, but it's not a day of rest for me. I do a lot of work on Sundays. Um, but Saturday doesn't work a lot of times because we got to get, you know, it's like these, these hard things that how do we, even, even on a really practical, logistical level, how do we do it? And I just want to say God has answers for us, very practical, logistical answers for us on how to experience rest as families. Um, he may want to talk to you a little bit about your understanding of what, what a Sabbath would look like. You just thought it was a day of rest, thought it was a day to, to veg and watch TV all day. You thought it was a day to um, just worship all day long, and if I'm not worshiping, then something's wrong with me. Um, but he may want to show you that it's a day to delight and 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 ask the question, what is it that I take delight in? And, and how do I receive the delight of the Lord in, on, on a day of Sabbath? Um, the other thing that I, I want is to ask, how do we as a community step into new places of Sabbath rest? How do we support each other in Sabbath rest? Even, even as practical as, you know what? I know that this is, 
I know that this is Jason's day of rest. I'm not even going to email him today. I'm not even going to text him today. Just as, as a way to support my community in, in a place of rest. We, we did that as a staff. We, we sent out to, to everyone, this is my day of, this is my Sabbath. This is my day of rest. And, um, and so we, we honor each other in that. And, um, but then finally, I want us to ask the question of, what are we doing to impact our culture? Just like Chick-fil-A, how they, they, they made a stand, you know, and they said, you know what, we're not going to be open on Sunday. It may not make sense to some people. Um, or like B&H uh, Photo, they, they said, we're not even going to do online orders on Saturday. This is, our, this is our Sabbath and the day that we're honoring the Lord, keeping this day holy. What is it that you want to do? What is it you want to partner with others in doing to impact our culture in, in terms of this value of Sabbath rest? So Lord, we just come to you right now. Let's, let's all stand. And if the, Lord, if the Lord shows you something, I, I invite you to get out your phone, maybe write some things down on your, on your phone or on a piece of paper. Just journal about it. Lord, we just ask right now for your, your revelation, Jesus. You're so good to us, God, and, and you so do not want us to be in that place of strife and pain, Lord. I can just remember so many times of, of, of walking in those places of pain because I was just in such distress because I had not entered in to the place of rest that you have for me. Just be quiet before the Lord for a few minutes. Lord, we ask you to show us about our personal walk with you, Lord. Lord, how would you like to, for us to experience your rest? Lord, we ask even this week that you would bring a refreshing to our souls. Refresh our souls, God, with your rest. Refresh our bodies, God, with your rest. I just believe even this week that many of you are going to connect some dots How your eating has been impacted by your, by your sleep. How your sleep has been impacted by even exercise. And even how having a, a day of rest will impact your health, your physical health, your emotional health, even your mental health. God actually wants us to be more fruitful and do less. He 
wants us, he wants us to not be working seven days a week, not working 24-7. Because there's no fruitfulness in that. It's scientifically proven that there comes a point when you work more hours, you're less productive. But more than that, it's proven by God. <laughs> God said it. So let's believe him. And Lord, we ask right now, we tune in to you just regarding our families, regarding those who we are in close connection with, regarding those who we are in the same household with. Lord, would you bring revelation on how we can partner together to enter into rest? How we can together experience Sabbath rest and have, have an amazing day of Sabbath rest. And in addition to our families, Lord, how can we as a community, will you show us, Lord, how can we as a community support each other, build each other up, take a stand together against this anti-Sabbath culture Lord, how can we as microchurches support each other? Pray even today as, as several microchurches meet, Lord, that they would, there would, the revelation would continue. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, and show us how we can impact this culture. As we are in your presence, Lord, as we encounter you, how can we transform this city with your power and your love? How can we impact this city, Lord, with that Sabbath rest that you have for us and that you have for your people? have some ministry teams here up at the front. If you need to talk with someone about, about anything that we talked about today, or maybe you, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you have not experienced a personal relationship with him. And you, you hear him inviting you this morning into a, a new place of rest with him. something that you've never experienced in your life. So I'd ask you to come forward and, and let one of these here up front speak with you about that. Maybe you've never been baptized. You would, you'd love to be bab water baptized. They can talk with you about that as well. But I hope you were able to encounter the Lord this morning and, and see what he wanted you to see in terms of how he wants you to experience Sabbath rest. We bless you. Even though we don't all get to go to Chick-fil-A today, we can enjoy our time together with our families and our friends. Just bless you. I bless you to have an amazing, amazing day and an amazing day of rest this week.
Jesus' name, amen.